In the name of the true and the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated, won't you? Well, it's a joy to be with you today and to share with you in our journey through the book of Romans. It's been exceptional. And last Sunday, Father Turtle gave a brilliant sermon on the beginning of Romans chapter 12. And it's been ringing in my thoughts through the week as I was preparing to follow up. And I just, again, need to say we are being fed a rich feast. And so it's, it's glorious to be here with you at Emmanuel. As we heard last Sunday, the Apostle Paul comes to the 12th chapter after revealing the heart of God for 11 chapters and sharing with us the beauty and mystery and power of God's redeeming love for every human being and the gospel just shining brilliantly through the Apostle Paul and what he was saying. And it's almost as if as he comes to Romans 12, he's saying now, in the light of this, urging you by the mercies of God, in the light of the greatness and beauty that is being poured out upon you, in the light of this, in the light of this, What is the response? What is the most faithful and wise response that we could bring to a God of such generosity and brilliance and magnificence? And of course, he goes on to say, present yourselves, offer yourselves, all that you are, the wholeness of your being. Present this, give it to God, present it to the Lord as a living sacrifice, as an act of worship. And do not be conformed. In other words, don't allow your life to drift into the formative powers of secular society and the world around you. Don't drift because it's forming you if you're not ready. It's going to take you. But rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So God is the great transformer. So what might that faithful, wise response look like? And this is where the Apostle Paul goes on to give us the reality of how we move into this transformed life, what it looks like. Listen to these words. Let love be genuine. Genuine. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another, showing honor. Don't be slothful in your zeal and your passion. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. And seek to offer hospitality. It's about love. Let love be genuine. Genuine. Not fake, not put on, but real and true and beautiful. Let love be that way. Through my life and through my journey and my vocation, the places that I've lived and served throughout the country, I've always had this core yearning and longing for the people that I entered into community with. I've often suggested that the acid test of our relationship with God, whether it's genuine or not genuine, our faith, is not how much we pray. 
not how much of the Bible that we know. It's not whether we get our doctrine all straight and correct. It's not whether we serve those in need. All those things that I mentioned there are absolutely clearly important, critically important. But I want to suggest today that they are not the acid test of our relationship with God or whether our faith is genuine or not. It was Jesus himself who said these words. This is my new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this, every human being, every person will know, they will come to an awareness and acknowledge it, that you're my followers. That's the acid test. That is the measure of love. And that's what begins to transpire in our lives when we respond with a faithful response to the gospel and to the good news of what God has done in Jesus, his death, his dying, his resurrection, his ascension, his giving of his spirit to you and to me. That's the acid test. And so I believe that we need to grow in our capacity to love. I believe that's what transformation is. I think that's what Paul is getting at. The transformed life is a life that is growing in its capacity to love others well. When we were living in Colorado, Nancy and I served in the parish there. And one of our uh, heroes of folk music, acoustic music, is a guy by the name of David Wilcox. He's from North Carolina. I don't know if any of you know him by any way, by any means. But he has a song, and we were listening to it in concert. And it's called The Broken Cup. And there's a few lines from that that really speak to me about how we need to grow in our capacity to love. He says, we cannot trade empty for empty. We must go to the waterfall, for there's a break in the cup, in the cup that holds love, a break in the cup that holds love inside us all, inside us all. We must go to the waterfall. You see, there's a break in the cup. We all know that. Our love is not perfect. We need to grow in the capacity to hold that love. And it's only Jesus and his life and his love for us that mends that cup, that heals that cup, because he's the waterfall. And we need to drink deeply and profoundly each and every day. So we need to cooperate with God's grace. That's what it means. God is the transformer, the great transformer. It's his work, but we need to cooperate with that grace. And so I want to give you very simply and as quickly and succinctly as I can ways in which I have found this to be true, how to cooperate with grace, especially when it comes to love. The journey of becoming a more loving human being in Christ, if that isn't happening, something's wrong. We should be growing in love. Oh, here's the first one. Acknowledge. We grow in our capacity to love others well when we acknowledge our failures. Have the courage to acknowledge that you have failed in loving others. I mean, it's really true. It certainly is true in my life. Most of my failures in life have been failures in loving. I want to tell you something. When... When we came to Emmanuel Church, we discovered 
a community that is growing in their capacity to love others well. It drew us in. There's a sincerity and genuineness about about the love of this community. That's why I'm here. There's a lot of places to go. But this is a place where love is genuine. And I think it's because we have acknowledged and we, we do acknowledge our failures. Most of our failures are failures in love. One of my great mentors, I mention him a lot, Dallas Willard, he's really, really quite wonderful on the issue of transformation. He says, when it comes to love and loving others well, there are basically two kind of opposing forces that occur uh, in our relationships, in our relationship skills. When they go wrong, we either are attacking or we are withdrawing. To attack someone... We use our words in such a way that we degrade or denigrate or humiliate or cause people shame or question their integrity, whatever it may be. But we know what it's like to receive words of attack. And those kinds of words can deeply and profoundly wound us to the soul. You all know what it is. You can probably even feel it right now. You can probably remember the words. I can. They're still in there. Words that have hurt me deeply. We know what that's like. But then the other opposite of that is, well, if you're going to attack me that way, I'm just going to withdraw. And so we turn around with a cold shoulder and we remove ourselves from the presence of others. And we just kind of give them that treatment, the silent treatment. That's just as wounding. It's just as wounding. You can imagine if that poison was removed from relationships, what this world would be like. This is what Paul is saying, let love be genuine. You can't do it, but God can. And as you cooperate with grace by acknowledging this, he will help you. So, agape love is what we're talking about. Let agape love, that's God's love. You can define love by anything you want in this world today. I mean, people love everything under the sun. Just because you have an affinity for it or like it doesn't mean it's love. Love, divine love, is doing what is right and good for the benefit of others. Seeking the good of the other. That's what real love is. That's God's kind of love. And so we need to be actively seeking. It's an orientation towards your life. Let love be genuine. So acknowledge your failures. Secondly, as we try and as we move towards cooperating with God's grace, growing in capacity to love others, We have to surrender to his love. Surrender to his love. Why is it a surrender? Well, it's because we really want to be on our own. And we need to surrender to his love. Why? The Apostle John put it this way, and this is one you have to memorize. You've got to keep it in your heart every day. We love because God first loved us. You see, the capacity to love is not yours. It's God's love first. And it's that first love. Let that first love be a part of your life. Surrender to that first love. You know, sometimes when we think about this, we say, well, I guess, you know, the preacher says I need to love better. So I'm going to try harder to love. I don't want you to try any. I don't want you to try harder to love. So don't. I didn't say that. Because if you try harder to love, you'll fail. You'll just make it worse. You know, when someone comes up to you and says, you know, Rob, Father Rob, I'm really going to try hard to love you. (laughs) 
You know, you don't want people to come to you and say, I'm going to try hard to love you. Right? Nancy, don't try. <laughs> no, we don't want that. But what we really want is this. We need to come to surrender to that first love. I'm going to make a suggestion to you. It's just a suggestion. But each and every day is a new day of your life and you have a new opportunity. Yesterday is gone. You have today. And what if, it, what if you could take five minutes or ten minutes before you hit your digital material, when you wake up in the morning, even maybe before you get your coffee, five minutes, ten minutes, go into a room and kneel down and just be in the presence of that first love. Let God fill your day with that love and then move into your day already loved. It'll make a difference in your relationships. And finally, as we grow in our capacity to love, as we admit our failures and as we surrender to love every day, daily taking a little trip to the cross and seeing how much God loves us, the final thing is pay attention. Be attentive and present. We grow in our capacity to love when we pay attention to the person that we encounter all through the day. Listen to how the Apostle Paul goes on to say this. Because love is not a faucet. You just don't turn it on and off. God is love. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. Associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one for evil. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For his written vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Do not overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. You see, attention, being aware, being open, attentive to people is how the love, that first love of God flows to the other human being. You know, when people are attending you, when they're listening to you, when they're present to you, you're being loved and you know it. You know it. So let me close with this. Our aim under love is not to try to be loving. Our aim is to become the person that is possessed by love and overall character and orientation of life. William Blake, the great poet, put it this way. We are placed on this earth. We are placed on this earth to bear the beams of love. And we can do that because God is the great transformer.